0: Hello vampires and slayers this is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, If this is your first time tuning in to my podcast I review every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer exactly 20 years after its original air date which means that today the 10th of February we are talking about the season 2 episode Bewitched, Bothered and Bewildered. This episode is, um, let's go ahead and read the description first from the worst episode guide ever called The Complete Slayer. Oh, I'm missing my bookmark. Where's my bookmark? Oh, there it is. I'm gonna actually have to like look for that page, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Harmony and her friends mock Cordelia for dating Xander. Giles warns Buffy that Angelus has a history of committing horrid acts on Valentine's Day. Buffy receives a box of roses and a card with the word SOON on it. At the bronze, Xander gives Cordelia a gift. After admiring the necklace, Cordelia breaks up with him. Xander is furious and it only gets worse for him the next day as everyone in school seems to know what happened. Xander tells Amy that he knows she's practicing her mother's art of witchcraft. Xander blackmails Amy into casting a love spell on on Cordelia so that he can then dump her. Much to Xander's dismay, the spell has no effect on Cordy. However, every other female in Sunnydale seems attracted to him. Xander spends his time running away from all the women in his life while Giles and Amy try to reverse the spell. And also reverse a spell that's turned Buffy into a rat. While a mob of girls battle each other, Xander and Cordelia arrive at Buffy's house. Joyce starts seducing Xander, so he and Cordelia barricade themselves in the basement. Giles and Amy perform the reversal spells. (laughs) Gotta skip some shit there. Next day, Harmony mocks Xander, but Cordelia comes to his defense, telling her friends that she will date whom she wants to, however lame. Okay, so this is a Xander-centric episode. We don't get very many of those. In the series of Buffy. Um, I think what they're trying to say in this episode is interesting and I kind of wish they would have done a little bit more to comment on the evolution of Xander's character just in general. They've been kind of hinting in a few different episodes that like you know Xander's been kind of a shit face and kind of an awful dude but they've been sort of hinting that he is about to make an evolution and this is kind of one of the only episodes where you see that he is making an evolution and then just suddenly he's a good guy you know (laughs) i mean he's always kind of an ass but so basically this episode is the ev- part of the evolution of Xander's Fragile Masculinity. And it's also about an evolution in Cordelia as well. So um, I just realized I have not, like, decided all of my, like, things. I guess I can do that when we get there. Okay, whatever. Anyway, sorry. Process queen over here. Um, a reminder, if this is the first time listening to my Buffy podcast, and you've never seen Buffy before this is not a spoiler-free podcast I will just regularly talk about you know episodes years in the future as I see that they relate so um spoiler spoilers all over the place okay so stop listening now okay there's your warning um let's see Okay, so the episode opens with Buffy and Xander in the cemetery. He is showing her the gift that he plans to give Cordelia at the Valentine's Day dance, which is going to be at the bronze, assuming, I assume the next day. Um, So she's kind of making fun of him for dating Cordelia. And he is like, when are you guys going to stop making fun of me? And Buffy's like, well, never. Um, And then he says, you know, I really actually, I think I like her. Like, we're not fighting as much lately. I think, you know, we might actually have something here. And he actually cares about, he's showing the necklace to Buffy because he wants her approval. In like, as a girl, would you like this gift or whatever the fuck? Which is something that guys do in high school. Something that I want to bring up. um, I come hard come down pretty hard on Xander just in general and he is definitely an asshole in this episode and he uh but it is important to note that the way that I judge Xander now is from a completely different vantage point than he would have been judged when this episode aired in 1998 Not only because we have become more feminist since 1998 as a society, but also because, you know, if you think back to the way that dudes were back when you were in high school, and part of that is because I was in high school in 1998, but um, also just the, what I think this episode's trying to comment on is the evolution of learning to be a good dude learning to go past the tropes of masculinity in our culture and that has to happen basically when you're an adolescent like judging if you judge xander based on the barometer of what like a 17 year old dude would be like at this era in their lives and they're learning to be like a little bit more sensitive and Sort of, they're having to, um, they're having to reconcile their, like, hormones and the things that they're being taught by society about, like, pursuing women and, like, all of that weird aggression shit that dudes are taught. And a dude that ends up being a good dude later in life has to reconcile all that shit that he's been taught and his hormones with actually treating women with respect so if you judge Xander on that complicated milieu of bullshit which is probably where we should judge Xander from then the decisions that he makes in this episode and the things that are trying to be taught to Xander in this episode I think it comes he comes across in a much better light so just keep that in mind no matter how much shit I give Xander in this particular episode my dogs are restless right now and I don't know why I don't know why they've had breakfast they've been out a few times like what do they want from me they want me to take them on a. you know what because it's not gonna happen it's like super icy outside okay so anyway um okay so Xander is wanting Buffy's opinion on the necklace and um she's you know she's making fun of him a little bit and then he's like well i think i actually like cordelia and so buffy's like okay well she's gonna love the necklace like i'll try to get used to the fact that you're with cordelia is basically this conversation and then xander says something that is just like no he shouldn't have said it and you know basically he is saying something to the extent of like well you know like cordy's the only person that's interested in me (laughs) And he says, the only other person, here's, the only other person I'm interested in is unavailable because obviously like he knows and she knows that he's talking about her. So that's just a little bit like, really Xander. But again, that's something that a teenage boy would say. They would make sure and reassure you whenever possible that they still have a crush on you just in case you change your goddamn mind. (laughs) Because that, I mean, that's something that in the context of the Me Too conversation as well is something to think about. That, you know, dudes really need to learn about enthusiastic consent. It is not okay for them to be assholes in whatever way that they've been assholes to women. It's not okay. It's not excusable. However, part of the reason why dudes can be jerk faces is because of what... Our society teaches them that women that they should be pursuing women that they should not take no for an answer just in general like that's what they're taught since the very beginning since back in high school middle school even you know like whenever dudes you come back from summer break and they suddenly have deeper voices and they start chasing you around like they doggedly pursue you even if you say Especially if you say you're not interested. They're even more interested in you if you're not interested. Because they are taught that they should be on the hunt. That they should break you down. And that's not cool. And it doesn't make it excusable when they do it anyway. They should think for themselves. And that's kind of a lot about... That's kind of what this episode is about in general. Like thinking for yourself. Like Xander has to learn to think for himself outside the you know, bullshit masculinity that he's taught in our culture. And Cordelia has to learn to think for herself, despite what her friends think of her, which is, I mean, this basically the whole episode is about Xander, Xander and Cordelia, you know, um, essentially. So then he, you know, makes some crack to Buffy about how he wishes that dating were straightforward as slaying. And then of course on cue, a uh, vampire comes out of his grave which is the one that they're waiting for him to come out I guess and um Buffy slays the vampire and then afterwards she's like sorry Zand but slaying is a tad more perilous than dating which I find it a little odd that she would say that after what's just happened to her with Angel um then we cut to the next morning the um Cordelia is trying to talk to her cordettes like Harmony and other unnamed people that used to follow Cordelia around basically Harmony has taken up the mantle of the leader of you know the bitchy popular girls um in and they've decided to reject Cordelia because Cordelia is dating Xander so I don't know how they found out she's dating Xander it's basically been um I mean maybe she just decided to admit it to them I don't know we don't get to see that scene but essentially they're rejecting her because she's dating a loser. Um, then we cut to we're in class and a teacher is asking for papers and Xander sees. Oh, first we get um, a reappearance of Amy. So Amy, Buffy and Willow are having a conversation about whether or not they're going to go to the Valentine's Day dance at the bronze. And Buffy says something to the effect of, Valentine's Day is a cheap gimmick, a, a cheap ploy to sell cards and whatever. And Amy just says, bad breakup, huh? And Buffy says, believe me when I say, uh-huh. <laughs> so that's a good little, that's a great little exchange. Um, so as they're leaving the classroom, they're supposed to be turning in papers and um Xander, sees amy put like a little mojo trick if you don't remember amy amy was the um victim of a little parent trap switcheroo with her mom in the third episode of the very first season called witch and um so her mom was a witch and now she's been condemned to the to live inside the statue of a cheerleading the trophy A cheerleading trophy she is stuck inside a cheerleading trophy for all time essentially so um Xander catches her sort of like doing some kind of witchy mind trick on her teacher because she doesn't actually hand in a paper but her teacher reacts to her as if she has handed to a paper and Xander's the only one that sees this um and he talks to Buffy about it afterwards like I kind of saw Amy doing some witchcraft and Buffy's like uh Amy should be the last person doing something like that you remember what happened with her mom so that's a nice callback to the third episode of the whole series. Um, they're in the hallway. They're walking down the hallway after class at this point. Giles and Jenny run into each other. And it's very awkward. I think this is the first time we've seen the two of them interact since um, Innocence. Which was the culmination of you know the entire situation between Angel and Buffy. Where essentially... They found out that Jenny knew something about Angel's curse and she was sent there to, she's actually Yama is her real name. And um, yeah, so they just basically found out that she's not who she's been saying she is. And Giles immediately, like, he's like, okay, whatever, whenever Buffy is done with you, so am I. And he had her back immediately and he's still sort of looking to her. Like even in this situation, like it's Giles, Jenny, Buffy, Buffy, Xander, and Willow just all standing there whenever Giles and Jenny run into each other and they're just all there and it's an awkward moment and Jenny wants to talk to Giles, but Giles sort of kind of like looks to Buffy real quick and he says, well, actually, he says, well, actually I I needed to talk to Buffy because right before they ran into Jenny, he had said that he needs to talk to Buffy and um and then he just sort of looks to her like are you gonna let me talk to jenny or not like not it's subtle it's very subtle and you know buffy's just sort of like yep we need to talk and so that is a really to me that's a that's a subtle and clear indicator that until buffy tells giles that he's allowed to let jenny back in like Basically, Giles could forgive Jenny, but he's not going to until Buffy forgives Jenny. And he's just sort of letting her know subtly that he has her back. He's not, you know, he's not going to be involved with Jenny anymore. Even though, you know, like Jenny's intentions weren't bad. Like she didn't do, she did betray them, but she, you know, anyway. I just like that he has her back, essentially. (laughs) Um, Then you see that there's some sort of parallel I think we're supposed to make between Spike and Xander. I'm not sure exactly what it is, because you see Spike in in the next scene, you see Spike giving Drusilla a necklace. And it's a really pretty necklace. Like if it were silver, I would want it. It's just this pretty, like one of those necklaces that sits right at your collarbone. And it's um, gold. And it has two stones on it, it looks like. You, you don't see it very clearly, so you can't see exactly what it looks like. But almost to me, it looks like it might be like some sort of pattern on the gold that might be like vines or something. I don't know. And like the two stones might be roses, which I feel like makes sense. Might be in like a setting to make it look like roses is what I meant. Which is what it is in my head. Because you can't really tell what it is. So in my head I'm like filling it in. Oh that's roses and that's vines. And one of those is a ruby. And one of those is an amethyst. Because that's what I want it to be. Which now I want the necklace that that necklace is in my head. I want it. <laughs> um, anyway. So he's giving her. Spike is giving Drusilla a necklace for Valentine's Day. And she loves it. And then Angel comes in. Wearing lots of eyeliner. It's a good look on him and a velvet shirt and he um Angel's way hotter when he's evil I mean he just is I don't like his attitude but he's hotter when he's evil he doesn't even he doesn't even try to wear eyeliner and why why like eyeliner like I understand eyeliner but they have no reflection and do Spike and Angel share eyeliner since they're both living in the same warehouse together (laughs) anyway so then Angel shows up and like plops down a like almost still beating heart onto the table next to Drusilla and that's his gift to Drusilla for Valentine's Day and she reacts very intensely like she likes the necklace she says thank you and she seems appreciative of the necklace but she reacts much more to the heart. And so, of course, immediately Spike is upstaged by Angel. Spike is still in a wheelchair. Like, I think we're supposed to be meant to be seeing Angel as being very emasculating to Spike. I think that's what we're supposed to be seeing here. And I don't know what the parallel is that we're supposed to see between Spike and Xander because they're both presenting a necklace to someone that's not really reacting to them in the way that they want them to and both Drusilla and Cordelia in this episode are wearing red lace during Valentine's Day during the scene where they're presented with the necklace so I I don't know exactly if we're even supposed to create parallels there but of course I always see symbolism and that kind of stuff um so yeah so we see this is the first time that we see the three of them, Angel, Drusilla, and Spike, having this particular dynamic. Because when Angel first went to to Spike and Drusilla, they, they both seemed genuinely happy that he was back in there, um, that he was evil again and he was going to be hanging out with them again, that they were going to be, you know, a group together or whatever. They both seemed happy about it, Spike and Drusilla. And now... Spike just seems jealous, and I guess that's just that's a natural dynamic because Angel is obviously trying to upset Spike by getting really close to Drusilla, and you know he's basically dropping hints that he is doing more than just giving her a heart for Valentine's Day. You know what I mean? Um, So this is the first time you see that particular dynamic, and that will be shown many more times in this season. And Spike's going to get angrier and angrier about it. So uh, there's that. Uh... Oh, and Angel says the line whenever he's, um, I think Drusilla asks him where he got the heart or something. And he says, I found it in a quaint little shop girl. (laughs) Um, Okay, now we're at the Valentine's Day bronze dance. Willow's super excited because Oz is playing in his band he's playing for valentine's day and she's just giddy like watching him play and he's like making eyes at her while he's playing cute um cordelia looks so good this is the best cordelia's ever looked in my opinion she's wearing like i don't know if it's like black and red lace or if it's like just red lace on top of some kind of black material like it's dark in the bronze and you don't get to see her very long in this episode but um, I mean you don't get to see her in this outfit very long in this particular scene but she's wearing this gorgeous red lace dress and um, it has I don't know exactly what you would call the cut but it's like it's kind of scalloped in just like the perfect way like her boobs look great and I'm not really a boob girl for the most part but she looks fantastic in the dress you don't get to see what shoes she's wearing unfortunately but this is my outfit of the episode she's also wearing a necklace that is like it's like really dark red beads that are sort of in like three little clusters the type of necklace that it was a very 90s type of necklace um you don't see necklaces like that very much anymore. Anyway, she looked great. And, um, let's see. Xander gives Cordelia the heart necklace and she really likes it, but she has already made up her mind that she's going to break up with Xander. And, you know, like Cordelia doesn't, doesn't like contain her emotions ever like she doesn't like pretend to be feeling anything that she's not she never has so even though she's happy that he's giving her the necklace she's already decided she's gonna break up with him so she just like she basically just says oh thank you i love this necklace It's so beautiful we need to break up and xander doesn't react quite as awful as he normally would in this type of situation so he's already evolved a little bit He just sort of, um, he's like, well, you know, what would be a great time to break up with someone any day besides Valentine's Day? And she's like, I know, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. And, um, so that's the Valentine's Day dance. The next day, oh wait, um, Buffy doesn't go to the Valentine's Day dance. Um, she is hanging out at home with Joyce. And they're like eating snacks and watching videos and they're so there's this little moment where you see them on the couch together and like Joyce is like throwing popcorn at her face and like one of them falls down in her shirt and like they're just you see the coffee table and it's just like there's Oreos and like snacks everywhere and I that one scene is so cute you hardly ever get Joyce and Buffy bonding moments moments but anyway um, I wrote in my notes, um, was Gilmore Girls inspired by the scene of Buffy and Joyce and all their snacks watching vids? <laughs> uh, Cause she was like, I'm having a vid fest with my mom. Um, so that was just a sweet little moment. Um, and then Angel brings like a big, skinny, somber looking black box full of roses And Joyce gets them from the back door and says, oh, someone left these for you. Which, how does she know someone left them for her? Because the only thing, like, the only note on this box of flowers is soon. Just from Angel. Oh, and the thing that Giles wanted to talk to Buffy about earlier is that he wanted to warn her that Angel tends to be particularly awful to people that he's obsessed with on Valentine's Day. So she has known that she needs to, like, be aware that Angel might do some sadistic shit. And this is the first indicator of that. Okay, here we go. The next day at school, Buffy looks super hot. She's wearing a leopard miniskirt with, like, a slit up the side. (laughs) That is something that you would never get away with wearing to school. But she looks hot. And like a black V-neck velvet top that's like got three to three quarter inch sleeves or three three quarter length sleeves. There it's very cute outfit. And her hair's like she's got like a zigzaggy type part. Um and like super straight hair, which looks good on her. Like I'm not usually into super straight hair, but it's working for Buffy in this episode. Her hair is looking real good in this episode. Just throughout. Um, Xander is wearing a very 90s jacket it's velour it has it's like navy blue and it's got like light blue white and gray like sort of diagonal stripes on the center and on the sleeves and i don't know it's just very 90s and it has like that like the 90s version of the 70s collar on it the pointed collar you know what i'm talking about um this is the best outfit of xander for the episode And he, everyone seems to know that Cordelia dumped him last night. Cordelia is immediately back in with the Cordettes. They're talking to her. And like, as he walks by, there's, they, Harmony teases him. And everyone's sort of like, some guy says to her, to him, way to get dumped or something like that. And I'm like, really? Does anyone, has anyone had this type of experience in high school where people are like, actively making fun of you as you're walking down the hall because someone dumped you like is that a thing I don't know so it's kind of odd and Xander's reacting badly to it and as soon as he sees Amy walking down the hall he sort of grabs her which is pretty aggressive like he just sort of grabs her and pulls her aside and like look bitch I saw you doing witchcraft to the teacher yesterday and you're gonna do a love spell for me I'm blackmailing you like essentially just says that and um so then he pulls her aside to a classroom that's totally empty like of course it is and um tells her he wants a love spell he wants to put a love spell on Cordelia and his reason for putting a love spell on on Cordelia is that he wants her to love him so that he can dump her And Amy's like, um, well, with love spells, your intent kind of has to be pure. And he's like, well, I want revenge. Pure as the driven snow. And, you know, basically tells Amy, look, I'm gonna, like, tell on you for the witchcraft that you've been doing. I don't know who he thinks is gonna tell. Buffy? He already told Buffy. Like, who is he gonna tell? The principal or something? Like, no one's gonna care or believe him. So I don't see how this is good blackmail. But anyway... Um, Amy agrees to do the love spell. Um, but she says that she needs something personal. Uh, something that belongs to Cordelia to do the love spell. So um, Xander goes and finds Cordelia in the hallway and says that he wants the necklace back. Which I find it kind of interesting that she didn't immediately give the necklace back. It's not like he gave her this gift at some point during their relationship and then they broke up. He literally gave it to her two seconds before she broke up with him. She was still holding the necklace when she broke up with him after taking it out of the box. Like anybody in that situation would have immediately given the necklace back. But anyway, she didn't. And he asked her for it back. And she's like, well, fine, it's in my locker. I'll get it. And, um, she opens the locker door. You get to see the shot from the vantage point of inside the locker and the door is kind of blocking like he can't see so she reaches into her shirt and pulls it out she was wearing the necklace how heartbreaking is that like she obviously only broke up with him because she because of what her friends thought so she pulls the necklace out she gives it back to him and she's pretending that she didn't ever like it anyway whatever and um so that's a heartbreaking little moment um then okay it cuts to that evening xander is sitting inside the (laughs) the symbol for woman you know the circle with the little cross under it he's sitting inside like a big red symbol drawn on the floor they're at the school which of course where else would you be doing spells in the middle of the night (laughs) like they're always just they have unlimited access to the school um after hours but whatever so he's sitting in the middle of this um, woman symbol and he's topless, and he's got something drawn on his chest, some symbol drawn on his chest, he's holding a black candle and they're doing the spell so Amy calls upon, this is an interesting point to make Amy calls upon Diana she calls her the goddess of love and the hunt I'm going to read you a little passage from the best episode, Buffy episode guide ever Bite Me by Nikki Staffer Um, Okay, so I'm just going to read you straight from this. Why doesn't Amy's love spell work? Perhaps she hasn't matured enough as a witch. Giles believes it's because she used Cordelia's necklace and it somehow protected her. Okay, I guess I should have mentioned that part first. So the spell backfires and instead of it being a love spell that is focused on Cordelia, Cordelia is somehow protected from it. Whereas every other girl that sees Xander becomes immediately in love with him. Okay. Cordelia's necklace and it somehow protected her. However, it could also have had something to do with the goddess to whom Amy chants, Diana, whom she says is the goddess of love and the hunt. However, it is Venus who is the goddess of love. In addition to being the patron of wild beasts, Diana is also the goddess of childbirth. She had several temples that were presided over by priests, and what makes her temples stand out from the other from those of other goddesses is the right of succession from one priest to another. To become a priest of Diana's temples, one had to kill one's predecessor in hand to hand combat. Human sacrifices were also accepted on her altar, but there was no Roman goddess of love and compassion until Venus came along. So when Amy prays to Diana, she is praying to the goddess of the hunt, which would explain why Xander becomes hunted not loved for the vengeance spells amy calls on the goddess hecate who was originally a kind goddess who promoted goodwill however gradually hecate became associated with magic and sorcery and would appear to magicians with a torch in her hand she is credited with inventing sorcery and and statues of her were erected at crossroads where offerings were left for her amy got it right then when she invoked hecate so um I guess I didn't re- need to read that part about Hecate yet but that's also a good point. So I find this very interesting. I don't think that the people that wrote the episode probably meant for this type of symbolism. I think we were supposed to think that simply because Xander's intent with a love spell was impure, therefore it went badly. And also never fuck with a love spell I mean basically anytime anybody fucks with a love spell in this series things go very very badly because as Xander as Giles will say later might as well just get to this anyway he's yelling at Amy later after he finds out about what's going on they're trying to fix it um where is it he said I know it's not love it's obsession selfish banal obsession so that is you know, a good point to make here that it's not love when you're doing a love spell it's obsession so, um, I this whole unintentional this whole, like, Diana is not actually the goddess of love thing was probably just a mistake um, on the writer's part that turned out to kind of make sense if you think of it that way um, Xander the next day after the spell He is immediately super cocky at school. He just goes straight up to Cordelia and is like, so, Hey, what's going on? You know, just waiting for her to like be into him. And she's like, what is wrong with you? Are you becoming a stalker now? Like get away from me. She like pushes her away. She pushes him away from her. And it's pretty gross how like he's immediately cocky and predatory towards Cordelia because he thinks that she is under this spell. Which led me to think about something that I never thought about in conjunction with this episode before, but what if it had worked the way that he wanted it to work? What if Cordelia was super in love with him because of this spell? How would Xander have reacted? Would he have taken advantage of her in this state? I know his intent was to then reject her, which I guess is a little less gross. I mean, that's just him wanting to hurt her. Instead of him wanting to take advantage of her. Because what if he sudden, once she was into him, what if he just decided to go ahead and like sleep with her or something? That would have been rape. That would have been awful. Like, I never thought about like, what if this spell had worked? Um, As gross and predatory as he was to her when he thought that it had worked, that worries me. So I'm just going to leave that there and let's move on um okay so this is the point where we start seeing everybody being super into Xander starting with Buffy so she just sort of Xander goes to the library after having this exchange with Cordelia where he finds out that the spell did not work on her um, so he just thinks the spell failed period at this point point. and then um, Buffy's kind of like you know what I'd like I'd like for us to hang out just the two of us tonight and she (laughs) and she's like we can just comfort each other you know because they've both been through a breakup at this point recently and Xander's like would lap dancing come up in this comfort because I find lap dancing very comforting or something like that which is just a totally gross and sleazy thing to say however again something that totally a dude in high school would fucking say to you if they had a crush on you I can't tell you how many times I've had to listen to comments like that back in high school when dudes were into me and I'd already told them I'm not interested in them they still fucking make comments like that so in the context of dudes in high school hopefully they're not that bad anymore since we're more progressive as a society when it comes to feminism at least a little bit 20 years later hopefully high school dudes aren't quite that bad now but in that context it seems totally um totally normal and expected to hear something like that from Xander to Buffy and she just sort of reacts to well maybe if you play your cards right and he's like what and he thinks that she's genuinely interested in him and they almost kiss and then Amy interrupts them and um, pulls him aside and says I don't think the spell worked and he's like yeah well I don't care anymore because Buffy's into me now so I don't give a shit and he says well I should not have messed with the black arts anyway and you think and he's trying to like you know play it off like he's learned a lesson (laughs) even though he really just wants to go make out with Buffy and um, then Amy starts sort of coming on to him and he immediately to his credit he immediately realizes oh So Buffy's under a spell, Amy's under a spell, what the fuck's going on? And to his credit, the moment he realizes that the spell has backfired and all these women are into him, everyone's into him, he does not seem to relish it at all. Not even for a second, he doesn't, he just seems like... To immediately realize that he fucked up and this is not good. Like it doesn't seem to cross his mind to take advantage of any of these women, um, which is good. Which is, I think that actually is progress for Xander, and that's a good thing. Um, so he goes, he runs away to the library. Okay, wait, hold on. Da-da-da. Okay, the second that he realizes. Um, that you know the spell has gone awry (laughs) Amy and Buffy are both under the spell and then a third like unnamed chick walks up and is like hey Xander you want to study with me tonight or something like that 20 minutes into the 21 minutes into the episode is the first time we get to hear the Xander score so the music that starts at this 21 minute mark sort of this jaunty little like string situation just sort of it's just (laughs) I don't know I love it so much the Xander score I feel like I don't really like the score in Buffy that often but this particular element of it um, we will hear this score again in another Xander-centric episode that will appear in season three, and it'll be the same thing, and it's, um, it's the best. <laughs> I don't know, I just really like it. I think it embodies him as a character, because you're supposed to think that he's kind of kind of a doofus, he's not that smart, he's pretty bumbling, like, you're, I guess you're really not supposed to hold Xander to any kind of high standards, um... And this score really under really hashtag underscores it Um, so yeah Xander runs away to the library like he thinks that's safe okay no wait I keep skipping ahead this is that's the next day when he runs to the library so he I think he just decides to run home at this point he's like oh shit what happened he doesn't know how to react um, but he realizes that the spell went wrong so he goes home and to hide in his bedroom and willow is in his bed and she comes on him she's like obviously naked under one of his shirts (laughs) and it's very effective she tries to stick his entire ear into her mouth and um he somehow fights her off i guess i don't know and then that i don't i don't really know how that resolved he somehow fights her off or sends her home he leaves and goes to the library I don't know I don't understand how these events transpire but basically the next scene is him in the library talking to Giles and he's like it must still be the same day because I think he left school in the middle of the day anyway so he comes back to school to talk to Giles that's what happened and he's like I'm throwing myself at your mercy and he tells Giles immediately what's going on and how it's all his fault and he asks for his help and Giles is very upset at him he's at first he's like what and then Jenny comes into the room because Jenny's been wanting to talk to Giles and basically she just wants to say you know I'm not going anywhere I really care about you like I know I fucked up you know that kind of She wants to say that to Giles, basically. And so she comes in to say that to him. And instead, she sees Xander. And she's, like, having this... She's, like, doing her speech to Giles about how much she cares about him. As she's, like, rubbing up and down Xander's arm. And Xander just, like, gives Giles a look. Like, see? I told you. Um, Because at first, I don't think Giles believed that, like, every single girl in Sunnydale was into him because of this spell. And um, so he... He believes it immediately when he sees Jenny and um, reacting to Xander that way and he just sort of pulls Jenny off of Xander and he's like I can't believe that you were enough of a fool to do this and Xander's like oh I'm twice the fool to do something like this Um, and then Buffy comes in I think Giles is trying to pull Jenny away he leaves the library Buffy comes in right after he leaves And she is quite obviously wearing nothing except a really short, I I would have called it a trench coat, but um, Xander calls it a raincoat. So I got, I don't know, I guess it's a raincoat, but it's super short, barely covering Buffy's ass and it's tied closed. And she starts to like untie it. And immediately Xander's like, for the love of God, Buffy, do not open that raincoat (laughs) And um, to her credit, even though she's under a love spell and she's really super heavily coming on to him, like I'm uncomfortable with the way that Sarah Michelle Geller is acting in the scene. Although she's doing it perfectly, it's uncomfortable to me. Anyway, um, to her credit, she doesn't open the raincoat, but she sort of backs him up onto the stairs and he just sort of falls back onto the stairs. And then she puts her leg up, to where, like, her leg is only a couple steps under where his face is. To the point that it is obvious that she is naked under that thing. And from all the context clues. That, um, again, to Xander's credit, at this point, Buffy's vagine would be right at his eye level when she puts her leg up on the stairs. Like... She's totally naked under that thing, her vagina right in his fucking face. And to his credit, right before she puts her leg up, he's looking her in the face trying to trying to tell her that she's under a spell, that this isn't normal, like like she's not acting right, like obvious it's all under the influence of a spell. And um then she puts her leg up, and to his credit, his eyes do not leave her eyes, and he has to know that her vagina is right in his face and he does not even look like he's tempted to look down and that is an evolution for Xander because in season one probably you don't remember but there's like this little moment where um Buffy Xander and Willow are in Buffy's bedroom and Buffy's getting ready to change for some reason and she makes Xander turn around while she changes real quick because they're about to like go out and fight some kind of evil And he is sort of like messing with a mirror on her table or something as he's turned around because he's trying to see her, which is something that a teenage boy would definitely do. But in this moment, she's coming on to him. She's naked. Her vagina's right in his face and he doesn't look. So I just want to give Xander credit where credit is due. Okay, now I've done that. Amy shows up and she's like, oh, oh, Buffy starts to get angry like her reaction to him telling her you're under a spell like i obviously i can't take advantage of you right now if you had any, any idea what it would mean to me but you don't so i can't and you know it's a, it's a good speech like it's obviously like we're supposed to think that xander is amazing for not taking advantage of her in this state but duh <laughs> um and then amy shows up or or buffy gets angry she's like what this is all a game to you and like she obviously starts getting violent like she might kill Xander now the slayer under a love spell might kill Xander at this point point. and then Amy shows up and she's she's like get away from him he's mine and all that shit and then um Buffy Buffy doesn't really turn her anger to Amy she just sort of immediately turns back around and confronts Xander like what are you two-timing me so that's nice that like Buffy didn't take it out on Amy immediately but Amy she this is when she invokes Hecate and she turns Buffy into a rat so Buffy is now a rat and this is um where you see like the rat (laughs) the Buffy rat walks out of the sleeve of the raincoat the raincoat's on the floor and there's nothing else on that floor so that's how I know she was naked under that raincoat I just want to back that up that piece that fact up right there (laughs) so okay at this point Giles and Jenny come back in and they're chasing the Buffy rat around the room and um, then Oz shows up and he punches Xander and Xander's like what and Oz is like well uh I I talked to Willow all night last night so I guess it is the next day it's gotta be Okay, so it is the next day. Whatever. Anyway, (laughs) I don't know why I'm trying to put these events into a sequence, because that way only lies pain. Um, So he's like, well, I talked to Willow all night last night, and she was crying about you, and I don't know, I just came away with the strong urge to punch you. And after he has done so, he feels better, he feels vindicated, he, like, reaches out his hand to help Xander up after he had punched him. And, um, during this exchange, the Buffy Rat has gotten away. So they don't know where the Buffy Rat is at this point. And Giles enlists Oz's help to, he's basically just like, Xander, go home, get the fuck out my face. You're only going to make things worse here. And Oz, you look for the Buffy Rat. I'll stay here with Amy. We'll figure out how to reverse the spell. The spell of the Buffy Rat and the spell that Xander, you know, the love spell. So um then Xander is walking out of the library trying to go home and that's when he sees that girls are attacking Cordelia. Basically everyone's angry at Cordelia for rejecting Xander and so they're like going to kill her basically. They're surrounding her and Xander has to like get in the middle of all of it and like pick her up and run away. So they go back to Buffy's house. I'm assuming that I mean, they leave in like the morning and by the time they get to Buffy's house, it's nighttime. So I don't know what the fuck that's about, but I'm gonna give it a pass and just say that maybe they tried to take a really weird route and they just spent all day trying to lose them. And by the time they got to Buffy's house, it was night. Because the mob is not after them by the time they get to Buffy's house. And Joyce lets them in, and of course Joyce starts coming on to Xander. And <laughs> uh, okay. Um which is really gross. And Cordelia just immediately like grabs Joyce and locks her out of her own goddamn house. And she's like, Get your mitts off my boyfriend, former. Um and then Joyce breaks the glass in the kitchen door and reaches her arm in. And she's like, let Joyce in, sweetheart. Just let Joyce in, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, so at this point, they go upstairs to Buffy's room, Xander and Cordelia. And they think, Xander looks out the window and he's like, okay, the mob hasn't found us yet. We should be safe up here. And as he's starting to walk away from the window, angel reaches in and grabs xander so apparently he was there to like i don't know do something shitty to buffy whatever because you know it's valentine's day and he's gonna do something shitty and he grabs xander and he's like "Ooh, little surprise and of course he's about to kill xander so he can get to buffy through that which i don't know why he hasn't done anything like that yet but they're just still ramping up that tension i guess and drusilla is with angel so um as Angel's sort of threatening Xander, they're on the ground now outside the house. Drusilla saves Xander from Angel. And you find out that as a vampire, even Drusilla is not immune to the love spell. And she saves Xander because she's in love with him all of a sudden. So really Drusilla and the spell are the only reason why Xander is alive right now. Of course, Xander wouldn't have been at Buffy's house if that spell didn't exist either. So whatever. But, um, so she starts like coming on to Xander and then Cordelia comes out of the house and saves because Drusilla is like, how do you feel about eternal life? That's a terrible accent. And <laughs> I don't need to tell you that. And uh, so she's about to bite Xander when Cordelia comes out and saves him as the mob is getting to the house and Drusilla is about to bite Xander so now it's tit for tat which their relationship usually is so earlier Xander saved Cordelia from the mob and now she saves him from the mob and they go back into Buffy's house Drusilla pushes the the kitchen door down to get to Xander and then she runs up against the force field because she's never been invited into Buffy's house so she can't go in but the rest of the mob comes in and so that's the end of Drusilla being in the episode when she realizes she can't go in. And, and Angel's like behind her leaning against a tree like, oh, I guess you weren't invited. And that's the end of Angel and Drusilla for this episode. We don't see them again. And then the entire mob, including the lunch lady who's holding a rolling pin. And um, Willow is holding like a an, one of those fire axes, you know, where you break the, the glass to get the axe out like they have turned like basically like you're mine and if i can't have you no one will so they're all like after him to kill him at this point and um (laughs) so they all get into the house xander and um cordelia escape to the basement which i think that this is an important point and i don't think this was an accident buffy's basement is the um setting for their first kiss they were hiding down there from one of the um, order of taraka the like worm guy or whatever when they had their first kiss and so i don't think that's an accident that they're back in buffy's basement another turning point of their relationship in buffy's basement for whatever reason so they run down to the basement he's like nailing up boards and shit to like keep them from coming in which makes makes no sense but whatever he's not that smart so um (laughs) and they all like get the door open and get through his like piddly little barricade easily um meanwhile giles and amy are doing some spells they are they have cordelia's necklace again they're doing the spell backwards or something first they do the de-ratting buffy spell I just want to point out that the score that they use for, um, the Buffy Rat, when the Buffy Rat is, like, running around and she almost encounters a, a, a black cat. She almost, she, like, almost gets on, like, a rat trap or a mouse trap or whatever. Like, you know, they're just kind of showing the comedy of the Buffy Rat running around being threatened by things that a rat would be threatened by because she's a rat. And, um... <laughs> I don't know. I really like the score that they're using for the Buffy rat. And um, I wanna, like, I wonder, like, is the Buffy rat a Slayer Buffy rat? Is it Buffy the Slayer rat? (laughs) I like to think it's Buffy the Slayer rat. I like to think that this particular rat is uh, cooler, is like a super rat, and it could kind of kick that cat's ass if it wanted to. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, Oz is running around with a flashlight looking for Buffy. I feel like they were trying to make Oz look even smaller than he is. Cause he's a short guy. Seth Green is a short guy and they gave him a gigantic flashlight to look for the Buffy rat to make him it's just this whole thing is just very comedic. So he's running around like the boiler room trying to chase after the Buffy rat. And, um, okay. So, For whatever reason, Giles decides that he's going to reverse the spell on Buffy first. Which they do the other spell so quickly thereafter that it works out. But it kind of seems like a bad idea to derat Buffy before they undo the love spell. Because, um, you know, a slayer under a love spell is super dangerous. Like if she hadn't been a rat this entire time, she would have probably killed Xander by now and killed some other women in the process like this is not good de-ratting buffy should have been right after they undo the love spell but anyway that's just a nitpicky thing so they derat buffy and um she just sort of stands up and she's completely naked and um she's blocked by something um so Oz doesn't actually see her but he's close enough to catching up with the buffy rat that he's right there whenever she turns back and he's like, "Hey, you're not a rat." <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, but I'm I'm kind of naked, can you get me some clothes?" It's just just a really cute exchange between the two of them. So of course, Oz goes to get her some clothes and um I don't even think we see her again until the next day at this point. Um, Giles looks super hot, doing his, like, witchy thing, uh, undoing the spell. And um, as soon as the love spell is broken, everyone's, like, at this point, everyone's, like, on top of Xander and Cordelia in Buffy's basement. They're, like, they're mobbing out. Full mob. And um, as soon as the spell is broken, they're sort of, like, backing away, confused, like, looking around, like, what the fuck happened? It's sad that you don't get to see. It's like a bunch of crows outside the window. It's sad that you don't get to see Willow's reaction after the spell is broken. I don't even think they show a single shot of Willow after the spell is broken because that really, really would have brought this whole thing home to see how hurt Willow was by this spell. And, um, Buffy and Xander have a conversation about it the next morning at school. They're walking down the hallway and um she's xander just sort of says willow won't even talk to me and buffy says is there any particular reason why she should like obviously this hurt her the worst because she already loved you okay dickface and then what would be a really nice payoff for the evolution of xander's character happens here if okay Y'all know that I'm still forever pissed off at Xander for what he did to Buffy when he was a hyena. Not just what he did, because it would be forgiven if he had owned up to it and apologized, but he never did. And if he had owned up to it and apologized, this moment would have been so nice. It would have been such a great, like, it would have really driven home the point that Xander has evolved, I feel like that he because Buffy in this moment she gives him a lot of credit she um she remembers everything like she just tells him that she remembers everything like she doesn't deny what she remembers like Xander would have in this moment but she remembers everything she tells Xander like I remember coming on to you I remember begging you to undress me but I also remember that you didn't and he's like well it was touch and go there for a second and she interrupts him like okay but you came through there might just be hope for you yet which is really nice it's a nice little payoff it shows his evolution again it would be really nice if it wasn't for the fact that he sucks and he never admitted that he almost raped Buffy when he was a hyena and that he fucking remembers that shit she let him pretend that he doesn't remember it she let him do that and she's giving him credit right now Buffy is so much more mature than all these fucking assholes okay all right anyway um what else have I not said so far that's pretty much the end of the episode um the very last scene is the moment of evolution for Cordelia basically She's talking to Harmony. Harmony starts giving Xander shit. It's the next day. Like, they're all pretending they don't remember being in love with Xander. And she is, like, you know, giving Xander shit about being a loser or whatever. And um, Cordelia just sort of interrupts her. And as Xander's walking, he's already started walking away, but he stops when Cordelia confronts Harmony. And she just basically says, Hey, you're a sheep. And you know what? I'm so much cooler than you are because I'm not a sheep. I wear what I want to wear and I'll date who I want to date, even if they're lame. (laughs) And then she um, just catches up with Xander and links arms with him and he's... so basically they're back together because she only left him because of what her friends thought and she's not going to do that anymore. So this is a big turning point for Cordelia and it's also a big turning point for Xander. So, um... That's nice, I guess. (laughs) Um, Okay, I guess we need to get into my ratings for this episode since I've already been babbling about it for an hour. Okay, so as y'all may or may not know, I like to pick an object from each episode of Buffy that I could pluck straight out of the episode to keep for myself. So this episode, it is Cordelia's red lace dress. I just think it's so beautiful. Just breathtaking, stunning that dress. Um that's also the outfit of the episode of course is Cordelia's red lace and black dress with that scalloped neckline and the um along with the like sort of goth dark red beaded drippy little necklace that she had going on. Um and I assume that she was wearing like I don't know, black tights and some really cool 90s strappy shoes as well, although you didn't get to see that part, so whatever. Um, so that's the outfit of the episode. Although Buffy's short leopard skirt with the V-neck velvet three-quarter length sleeves outfit was also really great. Um, I Okay, my favorite quote, like this episode didn't really have a lot of great quotes. I guess the most memorable quote is maybe Angel when he said, when he was talking to Drusilla about the the heart that he just gave her i found it in a quaint little shop girl <laughs> so i don't know not not great quotes in this episode for the most part um the most valuable player of the episode i at first i i wanted to begrudgingly give it to xander since this is a xander centric episode and this episode does like I said show you some of his evolution as a character and he is going in a good direction and as Buffy says at the end of the episode there might just be hope for you yet so it I don't know but I want to give it to Giles let's do a tie Xander and Giles Xander because we're supposed to think Xander and he is making progress as a character but Giles also because he figures out how to reverse the spell he yells at Xander I think I forgot to like convey that earlier that like he really does like let Xander have it like you are a fool you are so stupid I can't believe you did this get the fuck out my face and um he just you know makes Xander regret this forever and shows that he cares a little bit like I don't think anyone has paid that much attention enough attention no parental figure in Xander's life has paid enough attention to him to be disappointed in him in a really long time I think you know Um, and he figures out how to reverse the spell and he is still having Buffy's back with the relationship with Jenny where that is concerned Um, so Giles kind of gets it too he gets to share the most valuable player of the episode trophy with Xander in this one So my five by five ratings as far as if this is the first time listening to my podcast I do two different ratings out of five and then I multiply them together so the first rating out of five is how much I enjoyed the episode just general enjoyability um besides like the cringy moments of like everyone coming on to Xander that was super cringy to me um this was a pretty solid episode the dialogue wasn't perfect um the plot execution wasn't the best so I'm gonna give it a four though because it's it's an important episode I think this episode needed to happen a Xander centric episode where we show some evolution all that shit so it gets a four for enjoyability as far as the uh, my second score out of five is always the um, clarity of message because Buffy episodes are supposed to be metaphors the horrors of Buffy are the mythological aspects of Buffy are supposed to be metaphors for real life and things you go through in real life. And I think this episode did a really great job with that. um, Just sort of showing all the things that I already talked about. So I think it's a five in that aspect. So that means four times five is 20. So this episode gets 20. That's a pretty high score. It's a pretty high score for an episode that I wouldn't normally think of as one of my favorites. So that is bewitched bothered and bewildered um just gotta get it out of the way there is not another Buffy episode until two weeks from today so because of the nature of the way that I do this podcast we will not be able to I will not be back to talk about Buffy until what is it like the 25th or something let's look let's look so I can actually tell you guys February 24th is when I will be back to talk about the next episode, which is a very intense episode. Like there might be crying. It's called Passion. That's the next one. I will see you guys in two weeks. Thank you for listening. Bye.